At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is the Philadelphia CityCast with Ryan Rothstein, presented by Bet Rivers. What's going on, fine citizens? Welcome in to the fantastic Friday edition of the Detroit CityCast. We'll get you set for the weekend. And hey, listen, as I mentioned on the Thursday show, not going to give many Tigers plays. I don't foresee uh, for the rest of the season. There's not a lot of trust with them. Hopefully this team can get things going in the second half and at least be respectable. But there will be spots that we pick, and we picked the spots yesterday, uh, as I told you, to take the Tigers' run line in Game 1. And if the Tigers came through with that, that the A's would be the play in Game 2. And we sweep the doubleheaders. Hopefully you trusted the squatch. I also gave you, a, this wasn't a, on the show, this was online on Twitter yesterday. And those of you that listen to the show know that I, I love betting horses. And much like, you know, not trying to get too crazy uh, with you know betting baseball, especially with the Tigers, you don't you don't want to just fire every day to fire. Uh, I, same thing with horses, you know you don't want to just fire to fire. But there's obviously so many tracks and so many races throughout the the day and throughout the week that you have a lot of different options. But there's going to be times where I'm going to throw horses up there for you to try to make some cash on. And you know we're not just talking about the Triple Crown races or the big meets at Saratoga or Breeders' Cup and, and obviously the bigger days at Belmont or Churchill, but you know, there's value all around the place. And the Saratoga meet is such a small meet throughout the year that there are tons of money in the pools there. Value on some horses, especially on, uh, you know, a Thursday or a weekend. Heck, there was even value uh, on Wednesday because, as I mentioned, Saratoga is such a, a short meet. And yesterday I gave you a V-Mart. And if that sounds familiar, it is v- Victor Martinez's horse. And actually, morning line 6-1 to one, went off at 3-1, to one, but won by 
it's, I don't know, it, it seemed like 35 lengths. I mean, I'm exaggerating, but literally one, you know, running away from the field by a country mile. So hopefully you're able to, you're able to get into some action on that and get a nice little quick profit in the afternoon. Remember the race went off around uh, 2 or 2.30 or so Eastern time on Thursday. And I know some of you thanks me on Twitter. And I'll, whenever I, I like, I'm not going to win every single race I put up there for you. There's a lot of horse racing. You don't just go, you know, 10 and 0 or 15 and 2. But there's lots of ways to make money in, in, in horse racing. And that is, uh, uh, we had a lot of fun getting through with V-Mart's horse. And I'll tell you, his stable, uh, the Victoria's Farms, they have been really successful in money spots. Like they've had horses come up that were 10 to 1, you know, in a maiden claim race or, you know, 7 to 1. Today it was 6 to 1 and they went down to 3 to 1 uh, by the time the race went off. And they've they've won some nice races. So it looks like Victor Martinez, the former Tiger and uh, longtime Major League Baseball player, is, is found a new calling in the horse racing game, which is awesome. And his namesake horse, V-Mart, Got the job done at Saratoga on Thursday. So, as I mentioned, the Tigers, you know, win game one of that doubleheader with the Oakland A's. And, Tarek, we, we talked about, you know, the Tigers be a much better team in the second half. I mean, entering the second half, 37-55 is just unacceptable. But can they be more of what we thought they would be in the, you know, the season in the second half? And it was a great start. I mean, it's one game, taking crazy about it, but... The key is Tarek Skubal, who had that kind of middle part of the, of the season after the great start, was in the Cy Young race, and was talking about being a, a, an all-star. You know, we it's it seemed to me like Tarek Skubal, over the last three, four starts now, has really started to get his act back together and could have a really strong second half and go right back to what it was like earlier in the season, where if Skubal is starting, I don't care who it's against, you take the Tigers, and a lot of times, because the Tigers as a team were playing so well, you would get, if the Tigers were favored with Scooble on the mound against like a good team, you you would get like, a, you know, a, a decent value coming back, or maybe even just, you know, minus 115, 120 if it was in Detroit against, you know, a team earlier in the year, like the White Sox that were looked at, uh, you know, as being a good team, but obviously just started getting there and around 500 now. Uh, if it's against a team like the A's, it was like, you know, 140 minus 150. You know, let's say if he faced off against the Dodgers, it's not going to happen again this year. But let's say he did, you know, you probably would get like plus 130 if it was against Kershaw, a good pitcher for the Dodgers. So there could be some value on, on wagering on Tarek Skubal. And we'll also get into some props with him as well. Uh, but Skubal had a really nice uh, early afternoon in the game one of the doubleheader. And... Uh, I feel like it's fully back to where he was earlier in the year. He pitched six innings, gave up two hits, no earned, two walks, really control of, of his fastball uh, and, and all of his pitches, actually, and, and, and nine strikeouts, by the way, through 92 pitches. 63 of them were strikes. So now Tarek Skubal, 7-8, and eight, and a 3-8-8 ERA, and the Tigers got some nice stuff from Robbie Grossman early, and then Condelario with the home run in the seventh. Uh, Scope doubled uh, to score Haas in the, in the eighth, and then Riley Green getting... The offense going as well. He singled uh, short in in the ninth and scope hit a sack fly for his second ribby, uh, getting Baez home 7-2 to two the final. And the Tigers, whether it was Scooble, Lay, Fulmer, or Foley, very, very solid as a pitching staff to take down the A's in Oakland. And then in game number two, as we mentioned, the Tigers won that game one. Uh, I just did trust uh, Hill in, in the second game of the straight doubleheader. And the Tigers managed just four hits and go down Five to nothing to the A's. Tigers now 38 and 56. 
and just 15 and 32 away. I mean, that's just garbanzo beans. And this is one of those weird scheduling quirks, if you weren't aware of it. So <laughs> the, the the reason they're playing this doubleheader, a two-game, you know, well, it's obviously a two-game doubleheader, but just this is it. The Tigers are going to go out to Oakland because of the late start to the season. So it's, it's a doubleheader with the A's on Thursday, yesterday, and that's it. You're like, all right, well, where are the Tigers going to go for, for the Friday game? Well, guess what? Tigers have no Friday game, which is the rarest of rare because pretty much everybody in Major League Baseball plays on Wednesday. Pretty much everybody in Major League Baseball plays on Friday. I mean, that's just the way it is. But with the late start to the season, some scheduling quirks, the Tigers do not play a Friday game for the first time since I can remember. I mean, it's been forever. Maybe, yeah, there's rainouts or postponements, but as far as not having a game scheduled on a Friday, especially after the All-Star break in July... I mean, I guess you can look at it like this. A lot of times the Tigers won't play until Friday after the All-Star break. That's the way it's been going. Most teams don't play until Friday. And there's a, a few games uh, yesterday. But that's not really the reason. It's just because of the way the, the season started late. So the Tigers have no Friday game. And then they start a series, a two-game series, with the Minnesota Twins at Comerica Park Saturday and Sunday. Just very, very odd. A two-game home set against the division foe. And then uh, you got the Padres coming in for some interleague action on Monday, uh, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Or, I'm sorry, actually, it gets even weirder. The, the, the San Diego Padres are coming in on Monday and on Tuesday and then on Wednesday and then on Thursday... The Tigers go to Toronto. So you've got a three-game interleague set. you got two games over the weekend with Minnesota, which is the weirdest thing ever. How often do you see teams play two-game sets within their division? I mean, it happens, but it's rare. It's normally the interleague sets are two-game sets. And the Tigers will go to Toronto on Thursday. And uh, as it stands right now, there is no line, no look-ahead line for the game on Saturday. But uh, my, my feeling would be, that the Tigers, it's Ryan uh, from Minnesota, who's 6-3 with a 2.99 ERA against Pineda, who's been decent, you know, numbers-wise, not obviously wins-loss-wise, but he's been okay for the Tigers when he's been out there as a starter. He's just 2-5, and five, though, with a 5-2 two, two ERA. He's had some nice starts, and he's had some rougher ones. My guess is the Twins will be minus probably about 130 to 140 or so uh, in Detroit uh, on the road there. The total seven and a half or so, maybe even 8. So we will see when the, that line comes out at some point later. Uh, on Friday, but that's where we're at with the Tigers and the Twins getting going uh, on Saturday, and then the, the San Diego Padres come to town from Monday through Wednesday. All right, let's take a trip to the Motown betting window, and it's brought to you by Bet Rivers. Coming up in a little bit, we're going to get into what would be acceptable, what are the expectations, fair expectations for the Detroit Lions as we head into the 2022 season. Tomorrow, rookies will report to training camp, and we're going to be watching preseason football games with the Lions uh, sooner than you think, just a couple weeks away. Uh, so we're going to get into that in just a bit, but here's the Motown betting window, and it, it is brought to you by Bet Rivers. And just a couple things I want to take a look at here. First, we're going to take a look at the 3M Open. Uh, depending on when you're listening to this show today, uh, we're just going to kind of take this as where we went from the start of round number one through that round and then getting ready for round number two and, and check out to see where you know our picks are right now. And to be honest, not the kind of day I was looking for with, uh, you know, our selections. But, you know, you can't get too excited when you've got 
a guy or two or three that are right near the top of the leaderboard after round one. And you can't get too down if you got guys that are, you know, five, six, seven off the lead. But, you know, it's going into day two because the leaders can go down, they can go up. So you, you got to have an even keel. It's, it's really, Saturday's the key day. Most times in a golf tournament, moving day, where, you know, let's say you're seven, eight, you know, from the lead going into Saturday's third round, you make the cut, but you're seven, eight off the lead. You have a big day on Saturday, you can end up being one or two or, you know, even the leader. So it's all about what happens over, you know, the first couple of rounds, getting yourself set for Saturday. But not the start I thought we were going to get from some of our guys. And right now, Scott Piercy leads, or going into the, the second round, Scott Piercy leads it along with Sanjay and both uh, 65s for them. And they both tee off around 111, uh, 133, 111 for both of them uh, on today's Friday's second round. Tony Finau, who we kind of, not faded, I just didn't like the value there with him as the favorite. I mean, he went down to like 10 to 1 at one point. Uh, he shot a 67 along with Emiliano Grillo and Tom Hoge and uh, Hiroge, excuse me, and then Bryce Garnett, who we've taken in the past, and also Doug Gimmerall there at four under, and then Pat Gazzari, Robert Streb, Hank Lubota, uh, Jared Wolf, Ricky Barnes, Jackson Hadley, uh, David Lingmurth, Peter Malinati, and Adam Hadwin all at three under. By the way, we're a week away from the Rocket. We're going to have a lot of fun coverage. I'll be out there, uh, you know, toiling around. Might actually be going to the Pro-Am as well, and we'll have a lot of fun covering the Rocket next week. And giving you some great action on that as well. Looking forward to being out there at Detroit Golf Club. So for us right now, and you know, the first guy that we have on the card is JT Poston, who actually bogeyed the 18th, was minus one, which was tied for 23rd when it all was said and done. But JT Poston's right, right there. I mean, even par six off the lead is the lead really six with two guys in Piercy and M. We'll see. I mean, is the lead more going to you know about three or four as far as three or four strokes off of the guys that are even par right now? So we've got JT Poston. And just to let you know, if you uh, did see the the tweet uh, of the plays, we talked about some of these guys a couple days ago. Uh, but this is the card for us here. For the 3M Open up in Minnesota, we did have JT posted 50 to 1, Davis Riley 25 to 1, Brendan Steele 35 to 1, Garrick Higo had a terrible opening day. Uh, probably going to miss the cut, I would think, for a half unit only, though, but he was 100 to 1. Ryan Palmer 50 to 1, and then Callan Tarum, who wasn't too bad, had a half unit on him at 125 to 1. So let's uh, continue to look at these plays, and Callan Tarum is next up. He is even par uh, right there with JT posted. I mean, Callan Tarum, what a, what a hit that would be. If he's able to get a ton at 125 to 1. And then, as I mentioned, some of the guys struggled here. But you got guys that are kind of, at least for, from our card, that are right there in the mix. Aside from Gary Kigo, who's terrible. Davis Riley, not a great start. He's plus 2. But if he has a nice, you know, day uh, 2, let's say he's 4 or 5 under, he'll be right back in the mix. He's tied for 73rd. The cut line is going to be right around there. Brendan Steele ended up being plus 1. Uh, actually, at one point was minus one, but kind of struggled towards the end of his round and shot an opening 72, par 71 there at the TPC Twin Cities. So he's tied for 51st once again, has a good second day. Uh, everything goes right away. But, you know, some of the favorites of this tournament, guys like Sahith Thagala, who I wanted to fade, they were plus two. He was plus two with a 73. So nothing crazy there. And Hideki Matsuyama went quad bogey uh, on 18. He played the first uh, nine first. And with just a terrible day, for the former Masters champion, who was one of the favorites. He was the second favorite, actually, in this tournament. Ended up withdrawing at the end of that. Just very tough. And I didn't realize that Marty Fish, 
you know, a big tennis guy. My man, Marty Fish, former ATP Tour Pro, multiple titles on the tour, that he's kind of giving it a go at golf. I mean, it's not like he's that old. I mean, he played tennis into his 30s. But Marty Fish actually was in this tournament and unfortunately, plus 10 in 81. I don't think Marty Fish will be making the weekend, but he's pleased with the celebrity tour and has been pretty, uh, he's a pretty, he's like a plus three, a pretty darn good golfer. So we'll see what happens with, uh, Marty Fish. But as far as looking at where we're at, and I wanted to update the odds for you as we enter the round, uh, round number two. And I mentioned, I know some of you are going to be listening to the show well after they, they tee off. And there's obviously a lot of live betting opportunities. And if there's stuff that I like, as you know, I will always post it over the weekend. If I want to hedge my bets or add on to my bets. Sanjay M now the winner, heading into the round two, plus 350. Tony now. 5-1, to one. Adam Hadwin is 14-1, to one. Emiliano Grillo is 16-1, to one. Scott Piercy 16-1, to one. Doug Gibb 18-1, to one. Bryce Garnett 20-1, to one. Uh, you got Adam Long at 25-1, to one. Cam Davis, the Aussie, at 28-1, to one. Patton Gazzari at 33-1, Matt McNeely was uh, almost a play of ours, he was one of the favorites at 20-1, to one. I was leaning on him, ended up not pulling the trigger on Mav, but now Maverick McNeely is 40-1, to one. and this is one of the plays that I will make Heading into Friday, because yes, he might have a rough day on Friday and, you know, misses the cut. But if he has a solid day on Friday and moves the other way up the leaderboard as he's even par, uh, I think Maverick McNeely's odds will go way back down. I think there's a lot of value in Maverick McNeely just six off the lead at 40 to 1. So that is one guy I'm targeting heading into day number two. Another guy I was looking at where I thought there was some really interesting value was Chesson Hadley. And we know that he's contended in, in tournaments before. Chesson Hadley, not a terrible, you know, first round. And, you know, this is a guy that has, as I mentioned, has had, he lost that big playoff last year on, on the PGA Tour. But Hadley's kind of right in, in the spot where you would want a guy. He's minus three. He's three off the lead. He has a, a after the tee time, 50 to one. So I'm going to pull the trigger on Hadley and on Mav McNeely heading into round number two. But we'll take a look and see what happens after the second round. And I'll reassess and see if I want to back up any of my other bets or make some new ones. Uh, heading into the weekend, so please stay tuned for that on my Twitter at DanLeach971. And then we do have UFC this weekend. Uh, hopefully you got a chance to watch me on the look ahead on Visa last night. Well, Friday morning, Eastern time. Uh, but we do have a big card coming up over the weekend. And of course, you can bet nonstop UFC at uh, Bat Rivers. Always a, a lot of fun to be able to bet uh, UFC at Bat Rivers. And check out their lines under the UFC tab. So just to give uh, a few of the things out here for the weekend, uh, you know the there's a couple interesting uh, you know matches that I was looking at. The Tom Aspinall uh, Blades matchup right now. It's Aspinall minus one thirty nine at Bet Rivers plus twelve on Blades. There's been a lot of action coming in on Blades to put that line down. Uh, Aspinall was a bigger favorite, so there's been some movement there. Also, uh, Chris Curtis. Is minus one twelve. Jack Hermanson minus one twelve. Basically a coin flip about there. You got Jordan Levitt uh, plus two ten against Patty Pimblett, and that's he's minus two seventy five. And Alexander Gustafson is a plus one sixty dog against Nikita Krylov minus two hundred right now at Bet Rivers. All right, that is a trip to the Motown betting window. Brought to you by our good friends at Bet Rivers. And coming up next. What are honest and fair expectations for the Detroit Lions heading into year two of Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes and this Lions team that is trying to find their way forward, become a, dare I say it, contender in not just the division, but 
in the NFC, and there I say NFL, and there I say Super Bowl. Wait, Leach, you said Super Bowl and the Lions together? What are you, crazy? Well, you know I am in the best kind of way. We'll get to that coming up next right here on the fantastic Friday edition of the Detroit CityCast, brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. Baseball is here, and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every Saturday throughout the season. Place a three-leg same-game parlay of at least 25 bucks, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com. Must be 21, playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. So as we get closer and closer to the start of the NFL season, we know what time that means here in Detroit. Lions fans salivating. It's no secret I'm a big Lions fan. Always have been. Uh, being in the media and covering the team for years now, it makes you a little more realistic. But always going to be a fan, you know, first and, and, and always will be objective. Because you can't just say, hey, the Lions are going to be 13 and then what out of these days it'll be 13 and 4. Uh, back in the day, 13 and 3. I mean, there are some Lions fans that are delusional. But I believe that this franchise is headed in the right direction. You got Brad Holmes, who obviously had to make the big decision to trade Matt Stafford, got the multiple first rounders, you know, has made some great moves and great draft picks so far. But of course, nothing has really happened on the field yet. That's what this year is about. And hopefully next year, uh, in 2023, being a year of, of true contention. But you look at the Lions right now as they get ready for that week one, September 11th game. Against Philadelphia, they got back-to-back home games to start the season. We will have a lot of fun here on the Detroit CityCast headed towards the start of the regular season. We'll have my man Ryan, the host of the, the Philadelphia CityCast, on. Uh, we're going to have you know some crossovers with uh, you know my man from Washington, D.C. as well. And it's going to be a lot of fun because the, the, you know NFL, you play 17 games. It's not like baseball where you're playing a buck 62 less this year. Or they play playing a full 162 game schedule, but a late start. Hockey, obviously basketball, 82. You're playing 17 games. Everyone means so much. So we'll have some fun doing some crossovers and some big bets. Uh, maybe another Philly cheesesteak Cody bet with my man uh, in Philly. And in Washington, D.C., what should I bet? Like silver dollars or... I was going to say bald eagles. That's ridiculous. Uh, I mean, what, what food is Washington, D.C. known for? I guess sausage? We'll do something. Uh, we'll, be, we'll have fun with that, though, for sure. Uh, but you look at the Lions uh, as they get ready for this regular season. Uh, they'll start with preseason games August 12th at Ford Field. It's actually on NFL Network, nationally televised, against the Atlanta Falcons, who should be brutal this year. Uh, the, the Indianapolis Colts, the Lions will play them on the road on August 20th. On uh, Saturday, August 20th, and the, at the Pittsburgh, uh, I was going to say the Penguins. Oh, I'm delirious, but that's part of the charm. The Pittsburgh Steelers, no Big Ben Roethlisberger, uh, they'll get that going uh, at uh, on Sunday, August 28th. Yeah, and, and while the Steelers might not have uh, Big Ben anymore after that legendary career, they got Kenny Pickett Fentz, the Pitt Panther product, basically playing in the same field for home games that he did during college so you know you're looking at about three or so weeks from the first start of the preseason but camp getting going basically you know tomorrow with the rookies and and next week uh with the veterans report so we'll have a lot of reports out of that some good guests out to talk about what we're seeing at training camp which is not you know you can't tell everything from what you're seeing at training camp but you can start to see guys that are standing out guys that are breaking out hopefully no no major injuries uh but also the way dan campbell's handling things and you look at the lions last season Three thirteen and one, fourth of the NFC North. They were in a ton of their games. And I was I was just going back, looking at 
the schedule from last year. And it's kind of recapping in my mind and then watching some film, obviously, of the different games about what the Lions did in some of these games. And, and, you know, starting with San Francisco. In that game until the end, ended up losing 41-31, but showed a lot of fight in Dan Campbell's first ever official game as a real full-time head coach, not an interim coach like he was uh, in Miami. Then they go to Green Bay on Monday Night Football and really can't get the job done. They lose in the end 35-17. So that, that was one game where they kind of were in it, but then they weren't in it. Ravens, quote them nevermore, lost that game by two points, probably should have won. Bears, in that game, you know, towards the, the late stages, lost that game by 10-0-4. Vikings, another 19-17 loss, like the Ravens game. In that game until the bitter end, 0-5. And, and then the Bengals, they kind of got blown out, uh, you know, to Cincinnati, 34-11, uh, to 11, the, the eventual AFC champions, and almost won the Super Bowl, 0-6. Uh, and then you get to the Los Angeles Rams game where the Lions fought and were in that until basically the end. I believe it was Monday Night Football, right? Uh, and lost by 9, 28-19. They didn't get their ass kicked at home to the Eagles before the bye. That was disgusting. I, the Lions, I, I give the Lions as a big play in that game. And they go to 0-8. Then they have that tie with the Steelers. 0-8-1. Hung in against the Browns, lost by 3. Bears, lost by 2. Vikings beat them. That was the first win of the season. Everyone's, you know, the, the 75 Buccaneers are popping the popping the, the Miller High Life and not the Champagne like the Dolphins pop with teams that are no longer undefeated lose. Uh, you know, they beat the Vikings. They get killed by the Broncos. So that was a, a rough loss after the Lions have looked better for basically uh, four games in a row. Uh, then they beat the Cardinals. They beat the Cardinals at Ford Field. And, and Kyle Murray looked silly in that game. Lost to the Falcons by four got killed by the Seahawks, then beat Green Bay. We know that game wasn't really uh, that important of a game for the Packers headed towards the playoffs. But yeah, 37-30, to 30, uh, the final game of the year. Lions have really been successful for the better part of five years against the Packers after not beating them at all in Lambeau Field since the early 90s. So they, they end up 3-13-1. But they were in the majority of their games. I mean, like 70-plus percent of their games. There was no like, yeah, they got blown out to Philadelphia. We weren't really in that game at all. The Denver game, the Lions looked awful, you know, starting towards the second quarter. And they got their just absolute asses blasted against the Seahawks. Aside from that, they were pretty much in every single game. And a lot of games, you know, the Ravens game, the Vikings game, the first Vikings game, obviously the Steelers game, the Browns game, the Bears game at Ford Field, they should have won. I'm not saying you can't, you can't say they should have won five or six games on a 313-1 team, but they probably should have won at least two or three of those games. And this year, it's about can they improve on that? And the games, maybe two or three of those games that they could have won last year, they didn't. They win two or three of those games. They, you know, are a seven, eight win team, a seven and ten, eight and nine type team. And they're not going to be on the fringe of the playoffs this year. Maybe there's a chance based on what happens in the NFC. And as I mentioned to you, a third of the teams year in, year out that did not go to the playoffs the last year go to the playoffs the following year. So that's a, a nice swath of, of you know, with the extra wild cards now, you know, six, seven teams that can be in the playoffs that were not in the playoffs the year before. I mean, with the extra wild cards, that's what it is now. I mean, it used to be maybe three or four teams. Now it's like it can be six or seven, depending on the year. I mean, obviously that's closer to half. But there's times where we've had half the teams in the playoffs are brand new. And I don't think the Lions are going to be that team this year. That's what I think they look forward to with the Lions in 2022. That's why they're, or 2023. That's why their win total right now, Bet Rivers is 
uh, both the over-under are minus 110, and the Lions to make the playoffs are plus 330 or so and minus 420 to miss the playoffs. But the division odds, Packers minus 182 at Bet Rivers, Vikes plus 275, Lions 9-1, to Bears, by the way, 13-1. to I, I do think the Lions have some value for the NFC North. Do I think they're going to have a great chance to win the division? No. But do I like 9, 10, 11 to 1 with a, you know, a solid unit play on that that you can kind of have action throughout the whole entire season? Let's say the Packers do go backwards, you know, at the end of Rodgers' career there. I don't have much trust for the Vikings at all. Like the Bears are going to be worse than the Lions. You know, if the Lions get off to a decent start, let's say they're 2 and 2, which for the Lions would be a decent start, uh, especially when you're playing a team like Philadelphia in week number one. And then home against Washington, which is definitely a winnable game. At Minnesota, home Seattle. Seattle's going to be terrible. And at New England, you know, let's say the Lions are 2-3 and three or 3-2 three and two after those five games. Those odds to win the NFC North, unless the Packers are undefeated, are going to be probably 3-1 to one or 4-1. to one, Or maybe even less. So there is value there. While I don't think the Lions are a playoff team this year, to be able to, you know, it's about your division first. Because you win your division, you are in the playoffs. I think there is value there. I don't think there's value on taking the Lions to make the playoffs unless you got like five or six to one, which you're not going to get. But to win the division, which is the way into the playoffs, you're getting like almost three times your money there, three times the value there. So that is a play that I've told you I've made and I think that you should make as well. Once again, though, that is much more of a flyer and just a hopeful you know, possibility based on the NFL being filled with parity that I think the Lions are actually going to win the division this year. But the value there is is inherent. 9-10-1 to 1 is excellent value. You look at other divisions, other teams that are maybe not similar to the Lions in, in terms of maybe having a chance, but, you know, really kind of, you know, growth spurt type teams. Uh, they're two, you know, plus 250 or, you know, 450 or 500 to win the division in some of these closer divisions. Uh, and, and you're getting much more value with a team like the Lions. I mean, the Panthers, I don't think they have a chance to go to the playoffs or win the division. They're 10 to 1. I mean, that's a similar situation. Falcons, 22 to 1. Uh, but like the Arizona Cardinals, and, and they've been very up and down. I know this extended Kyler Murray. They're plus 375 to win the division. Niners plus 160 to win the division. So you look at and you look at some of the divisions in the in the AFC. I mean, yeah, the AFC West might be the best division in football. Raiders plus 650. That's the longest shot. Broncos plus 270. Chargers plus 225. You know, Washington's 5-1 to one to win the NFC East. They're not winning the NFC East. Giants are plus 750. So it's the Packers being a big favorite is the reason for that in the NFC North. But are the Packers really that big of a favorite? Is it a possibility the Lions could be much better than people think they're going to be and the Packers are not going to be nearly as good as a lot of people think they're going to be? Absolutely. And that leads into the question about just what are fair expectations. I think the win total is right where it should be across the board for the Detroit Lions in 2022. Could we have breakout stars and guys like Hutchinson and Jameson Williams? Heck, maybe even DJ Shark has a huge year. A new wide receiver, uh, you know, free agent signing for the Lions. Maybe Goff really continues his good second half metrically and has a very solid year behind that offensive line. The Lions offense hums and the defense starts to kind of catch up and be, you know, a, a feared unit, even though it's much younger, with that front seven and, and the way that the Lions have kind of tried to build around, uh, you know, guys like Aquara and, you know, bringing guys in where you've got the ability to have a guy, Okuda, coming off, you know, that major injury missing the season last year, much of the season, uh, you know, could be have a good secondary with guys like Walker, Tracy Walker, 
and, you know, Deshaun Elliott. But having the Aquara brothers in there, you know, Charles Harris, having that nice kind of front seven along with a rookie in, in Aiden Hutchinson, getting Brockers in there as well. Uh, this defense could be better than people think it's going to be, and it could be a more underrated unit. And the Lions could be a tough out if they score a lot of points. I mean, that offensive line with obviously Jackson and Ragnow and Vitae, or Vitae, excuse me, and Penny, uh, and, and Penny Sewell, who was the great draft pick from a couple of years ago, and Taylor Decker, they're going to be really good. I mean, golf's going to have time to throw. And you've got this great young, you know, skill set players. Uh, when you look at guys like Amon Ross A. Brown and Shark and Jameson Williams and Haka Ham, DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, Cephas, Raymond. I mean, you got some good pieces on this offense. This could be fun to watch the Lions offense in 2022. And that's why, to me, the fair, you know, the fair and reasonable expectations is a team that at times is going to look like a playoff contender. But for the majority of the year, they're going to be a team that it seems like they're growing. It's a big kind of, I don't want to say it's not a referendum year, but it's a big kind of, just kind of to soak up and see what kind of coach Dan Campbell could be. Because one full year is that, that's it. It's one full year. But two full years could give you a nice window into what you think a guy could be. I mean, I think the the, the, the word is the street's not out or the, you know, the, the, the idea of Brad Holmes, the general manager, being top level is right there, I believe. I mean, we don't know about Dan Campbell yet. But I think the word is out that Brad Holmes is a legit GM. You saw what he did to help me build the Rams with less need. They won the Super Bowl. And already in the limited time that Brad Holmes, Brad Sherlock Holmes, as I call him, has been in Detroit, you've seen the moves he's made, the drafts he's had, and being able to move on Stafford for the future. It was time to move on. I'm a big Stafford guy. You know that if you listen to me. It was time to move on from him. Even I knew it. And the Lions got multiple first-round picks. And this is going to, that's what you need. It's draft capital, draft capital, draft capital in today's NFL. So the word's out, you know, the word is out on Brad Holmes. We don't know if Dan Campbell's the right guy yet. This is a big year for him to show that. And if the Lions are in even more games this year than they were last year, they're the majority already talked about it, than they were of the games last year, they're going to win seven or eight games. They're already saying maybe even nine games and go nine and eight. I don't think nine and eight's good enough for the playoffs. It could be. But they should be on the edge of that. That, to me, is reasonable expectations. If the Lions don't go to the playoffs, that's not a failure of a season. But if the Lions are in less games than they were last year and do not at least come close to doubling the win total, I mean, when you have three wins in one tie, it's not asking a lot to double the win total. If they can't do that, then to me, that would be a failure of a season. Not unless the Lions go like 0-17. Oh, it's not an abject failure. Actually, actually if the Lions go 1-16, that would be pretty bad too. But it's it's close to a, a total failure if the Lions don't improve upon what they did in 2021. And remember, Matt Patricia is no longer patrolling the sidelines. So I don't think there's a really good chance of that happening. I mean, at least the Lions should be better as far as four or five or six wins at worst. But I believe the Lions can double it. I believe they can be a 7-10 team, 8-9 team, and be on the fringe of that next echelon up of what the playoff teams were, and then in 2023, fully go for being alive in the division, alive as a wild card at worst, and then, you know, a couple years from now, dare I say it, NFC contender, a double, dare I say it, Super Bowl contender. And we're going to keep checking in on all the different odds and props and, and futures you can take on the Detroit Lions. We had a big show on that uh, yesterday. And... If there are big moves that we see, we're going to let you know about them because that's when some value can be had or you might end up unfortunately missing out on some value. But a lot of times 
moves on, on different props or, or things can add some value in getting closer to a season. So, as I mentioned, I love Hutchinson when uh, defense work of the year is around five to one right now at Bat Rivers. He's the favorite, but you know, a slight favorite over Kayvon Thibodeau and Jameson Williams, 13 to one to an offensive work of the year. I think it's worth working about on both of those because if Jameson Williams gets healthy for much of the year, he'll have a great chance the Lions offense is humming the way I believe it's going to be. And once again, Lions win total Bat Rivers plus 350. Or I'm sorry, plus 350. The Lions win total is plus. Uh, or six and a half over under uh, both minus 110. Uh, but now we, we do have some lines that are going to continue to be added to the Lions market. So you get those by going on the app or the website, clicking football, NFL, and then you have the tab where you can see the, the lines, you know, and all the different teams' markets. Uh, you know, six and a half is the, there's three numbers for you. Six and a half over under both minus 110. Over five and a half is minus 240. Under five and a half minus, uh, plus 190. Over seven and a half plus 160. And under seven and a half wins. Uh, minus 200. Also, division finishing position. This is a new one that has just been put up on Bet Rivers. First, 9-1. to one. You bet the Lions finish second, plus 400. Could there be some value on that? Third, plus 165. And then, of course, the favorite to finish fourth. No one gives the Lions respect anyway. Plus 145 to finish fourth. I mean, I think having a nice, I told you, to win the North, I like the 9-10-1. to one. And to finish second, ahead of the Bears and the Vikings, 4-1. to one. That could be a solid play. Uh, you know what? I'm going to say it right now, even though we're still in July. That is an official play for us here on the show. Full unit play for the Lions finish second, 4-1. to one. Nice little hedge there. As long as the Lions don't have a rough year, uh, and they stand as third or fourth, I think the Vikings are going to go backwards. I think the Bears are going to be a fourth-place team. Lions can sneak up there even at the end of the season. When the playoffs aren't, you know, involved with that, let's say the Lions... Need to get to set, you know, to eight wins, eight and nine, to to get second in the division, but they're not in the playoff race anymore. It seems to be arresting, you know, stars at the end of the year. That could happen. Lions get into second. By the way, if you tie, that still counts. So, nine to one first place, second uh, place, four to one. I like them both. Official plays here on the Detroit City Cast. So the Lions numbers I mentioned. Yes, to make the playoffs plus three forty. No, minus four fifty five. Now it's gone up a little bit uh, over the last few days, uh, but the Lions. I don't think they're a playoff team this year, but I think the Lions will be on the up and up. And the reasonable expectations are to basically come close to doubling their win title, be in as many, if not more, games than they were last year, and see marked improvement on the offense and really that young defense with Aiden Hutchinson and some others, and hopefully Okudamek getting him healthy. And just seeing Dan Campbell making better in-game decisions, having more of a handle on being you know the head coach and delegating to his coordinators as well and position coaches and having just this whole unit work together. I think you'll be able to see that after you know week five, six, seven. You'll see what kind of machine the Lions have been working with, uh, you know, starting a training camp and going in the meeting rooms and doing it week to week, uh, you know, at practice at Allen Park. That's that. I just want to see a well-oiled machine. The Lions don't have to be a playoff team to have a successful season this year, but you want to see them move forward. To me, those are reasonable expectations. Around seven or eight wins, that's what should happen in 2022 in Dan Campbell's second year as head coach for the Detroit Lions. All right, that's going to do it for us here today on this fantastic Friday. Wishing you nothing but the best for the weekend. I'm seeing Roger Waters with my dad at LCA at Saturday night, so looking forward to that. I'll have some horses for you on Twitter over the weekend. Any golf that I like, I'll throw up there for you as well at Danley Shiny 71. But I want each and every one of you to have a beautiful Michigan weekend here. Not many summer weekends left, so enjoy it to your top ability. And we'll see you next week. Until then, keep reaching for the stars. Believe in the dream. Dan Leach, the Squatch. Out!